0: So, since I was third row, I bum rushed the stage at the end of the night and was trying to get anything that I could, a music, music pick or, or something. And the, the, um, the roadie that was there wrapping up the cores and stuff was like, We don't got nothing, man. Sorry, there's nothing up here, nothing up here. And I'm like, How about that? What's that paper? Is that a paper? What is that? And he picks it up off the ground and it was the set list and he hands it to me. And I was just like, Oh my God. I rolled it up in this nice little roll and sit under my shirt and exited the arena looking like I was smuggling a gun or something. (laughs)
1: Well, and so I keep me I keep meaning to bring this up. You you brought this up and now then I'm going to shoehorn it back in. You yeah. mentioned earlier in the conversation about the them doing songs for the movie and how different would it have been if he had not used the songs, uh, you know, what kind of album would they have done, would it have been successful with the movie been? There is a debate um originally when bruce recorded born in the usa he did a blues slow version of it and i don't know if you're familiar but springsteen did an album called nebraska which he recorded with a basically a homemade tape recorder in his living room and it was supposed to be demos for the band to perform and uh, when he started playing it the band couldn't they just couldn't figure it out and little steven uh, said you know i think this is the album and so he ended up releasing nebraska uh which is basically just the home recording and it and it you know and then he did born in the usa next but when he first recorded in the usa it's a very slow blues version and Have you heard
0: is, it is yes is, is he, there... yeah,
1: it is a, it's available and he actually does a version of it when he was on broadway oh, um cool. and 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 i hate that version. <laughs> um, And then um, on the Broadway show, which, by the way, um, off record, we could debate on which of us spent the most money because, (laughs) trust me, seeing Bruce on Broadway was not cheap. And I had to fly to New York. Uh, (laughs) So, but similar to you, right? Like, what are the chances I'm going to see Bruce Springsteen on Broadway again? Yeah,
0: you can't. can't, And and, and Barry, this was his first concert in years. Like, he might never, ever do this again. Uh,
1: I am still mad at myself that I did not go see Jeff Lynn when he toured a few years ago in Dallas. I, you know, ELO was a big band when I was in high school. Jeff Lynn toured, I would have loved to seen him. I I saw ELO back in the day, but anyway, so um, on Broadway and it's available on Netflix. um, He talks a story about um, going to, um, to get to draft his physical for the draft card and he failed it and so he was not going to be drafted and he tells the story because his father had always said wait till the army gets you wait till the army gets you wait till the army gets you and when he came back he told him that he wasn't eligible for the draft and his father said well that's good that's good and so and then bruce says and he says mad dog danny and him were all three members of the band did not go and he says, I'm glad, but I often think, who went in my place? And then he does a very bluesy version of Born in the USA. And then hmm. I go, okay, I like this version. <laughs> so, <laughs> but the thought is, if he had not done the big anthem, yeah, would he have been as big? That big Born USA anthem yeah. and that album becoming the way it was. Would he have become the superstar that he did or would he have been a Neil Young, very respected, great musician, loved, but not a megastar the way Madonna, Michael Jackson, Prince, you know, Tom Petty, that kind of range. So well, I'm, yeah,
0: I, yeah I, I could I could definitely see where he would fall into that uh, yeah. other category, the non-legendary status category. Same yeah. thing like the Bee Gees. If they didn't yeah. sign up with the disco stuff, would uh, you know their their career trajectory? They would have still made music. Bruce would have still made music. Yes, they, they would have still had similar experiences so the songs might have been the same but right. yeah i don't think they would be held in this iconic regard yeah. as both of them are at yeah. this like, stage of the game
1: would barry gibb have worked with barbara streisand would he have helped write greece right i mean would would you know he is yeah. there was a point where you know um i remember um there was a grammy um on TV, I'm old enough to remember, uh, where uh, Barbara Streisand and Neil Diamond had that You Don't Bring Me Flowers. They both had recorded the song separately. Some DJ ended up splicing it together, and then they ended up recording it. So they did it live at the Grammys. And Barbara Streisand said, no, and then later she performed with Barry Gibb, and she says, I feel like I'm cheating on Neil Diamond. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I mean, he he became you know the right like he was one of the biggest producers yeah. and songwriters i mean he well, was they, major
0: they definitely uh in the 80s had to do that they had to adapt because they weren't getting airplay as the bgs so they right. went and worked with barbara streisand diana ross deon warwick kenny rogers and dolly parton's islands in the stream um andy they worked with him a little bit um so that 80s era was what cemented them as songwriters too, not just performers. Um, their biggest hit as songwriters is Barbara Streisand's I Am a Woman in Love. Mm-hmm. That outgrossed everything they did as as individuals and as the Bee Gees. Um so like that that sort of also makes you think like Barry Gibb himself is probably I don't know the numbers, but he's yeah. up there with Lennon and McCartney as a content, as a amount of songs that were made, yeah. amount of songs that were number ones, amount of songs that were this and sure. that. Like, uh, but I think Lennon and McCartney get the respect because of you know the, the the era that they were in. Yes, they they weren't attached to the stigma of disco. Barry right. Gibb should be up there, and you know the rest of his brothers co-wrote most of those songs too. Yeah. Um, the the three of them should be up there with the greatest of all time.
1: Absolutely. Um, um, how are you on time? Are you good? I'm good. Let's keep okay, going. Okay, great. good good. All right. So, for you, my question was how many times you've seen him live? So just the once, yeah. except for being disappointed about I'm on fire. Was the rest of the show okay? <laughs>
0: Well, let's take a look at what the rest of the show was. Ah, very show. nice. Oh, oh, it happened to be the set list that was from the stage?
2: Ah. Uh, yes, yes it was.
0: Yes. You could see here, I'm on fire it was right after Run to Me and right before Spirits Having Very flown. nice. So since I was third row, I bum-rushed the stage at the end of the night and was trying to get anything that I could, like sure. a music, music pick or, or something. And the, the, um, the roadie that was there wrapping up the cores and stuff was like, we don't got nothing, man. Sorry, there's nothing up here, nothing up here. And I'm like, how about that? What's that paper? Is that a paper? What is that? And he picks it up off the ground and it was the set list and he hands it to me and I was just like, oh my God. I rolled it up in this nice little roll and yes. tucked it under my shirt and exited the arena looking like I was smuggling a gun or something. <laughs> but I didn't, not until we got onto the bus um uh, or the, uh, the 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 subway or whatever we were getting to go back to my friend's house did i actually take it out and hold it and, and then a bunch of people around me were like hey what's that is that the list oh my god blah, blah, blah. and i was like oh gotta put it back under here so like i had to hide this set list again so this is probably one of the you know one of my prized possessions because uh barry gibb looked at this set list to uh play in 2014 um so yeah, the, the rest of the show was fun. There was that tinge of, I wish Robin and Morris was there. Sure. Um, uh, but, you know, seeing his uh, niece, Samantha Gibb, yeah. sing, um, and hearing Steve, his son, sing, um, was was a totally separate experience. Uh, it, w- it was also crazy because, you know, I, because it was third row, we had like this pre-party thing and we had special seating and stuff. So at like some point during the night, I turned around and looked, this was in Wells Fargo arena. And I turn around and look and there was just this giant sea of an arena of thousands of people. And you think Barry Gibb in 2014, you know, some of these acts when they reached that age, start playing smaller venues, Mark start playing some, you know, you know, acoustic versions of things, but no, here he was in 2014 belting out this high falsetto packing a huge arena on an arena tour across the United States. That was an experience. So it was definitely not fever height, but it was, yeah. it was, it was, a, um, it was a respectable showing. And now he's doing a, a, a country duets album that's coming out in January where he's reinventing all of his music kind of like Bruce did when he did um, the, the you know jazzy version or, or the yeah. rock version of Staying Alive. Mm-hmm. He paired up with all these country artists to perform and interpret classic Gibb compositions in country music styles and um and you know people like dolly parton's on there brandy carlisle um you know um, a couple other huge uh, names that i'm not a country guy so off the top okay. of my head i can't think of too many um but but it's it's gonna be an interesting experiment of an album that's coming out now too so, so
1: let's book it now after <laughs> it comes out Let's. We'll have a week or two to digest it. I'll get it too. And then okay. we'll have you back on and we'll talk about it. How's that sound? Awesome. Yeah, All right. I love it. All right. So now we may get uncomfortable here. And if I Uh-oh. if I offend you, I apologize. Um, I really had a problem with Andy Gibb.
2: And Ooh, I will tell you why.
1: Okay. Um, I felt like he was riding the coattails of his brother. And um they were doing background vocals they were writing and and i this is my perception only and like why don't you just become the fourth bg like <laughs> why do you we don't hear we don't hear barry gibbs so album. we don't hear you know maurice we, you know we don't hear anything else and and this is of course this is a 19 20 year old arrogant jesse right um <laughs> And 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 then tragically he died, and and then I felt like crap. But yeah. <laughs> from your perspective, make me either feel better about my thought of that, or shame me into um, I I should go, you know, say three three Hail Marys and a Staying Alive and forgive me, Father. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I think there was always that desire for him to be a BG but the age difference was way too great for him to join his brothers at the time. Um, that was the big reason. Um, and he also wanted to prove himself on his own. Uh, and of course his brothers helped him out. Um, and who knows what kind of, um, support or, or what kind of, bad, uh, advice he would have gotten from other people as well. Um, but from what I understand or from everything I've read and have seen, um, he wanted to, he wanted to prove on his own that he could be a, a solo act. Uh, some of his songs, um, yeah, they're BG songs with him singing lead and his brothers behind him as much. Uh, but there's one song and it's, um, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, Flowing Rivers, um, which he wrote himself. Um, And it has, and this is, I think, probably early 80s. Um, And he wrote it separately from his more famous older brothers. Um, And it has more of a country twist to it. Mm -hmm. And you kind of start hearing what him himself would have been had he been able to do that, but he got in that solid gold thing where he was uh, singing. Yeah. He got in a bad relationship with Victoria Principal. Right. Uh, he was he was doing like all kinds of partying and, and with the yeah. drugs and the booze and all that. So um, none of that would have would have helped him. Um, I think, yeah, his his image of Barry Gibb light uh-huh. hurt him. Um, yeah,
1: I could see that. Uh- and.
0: And, and and I think had he not died, yeah, he would have joined the Bee Gees at that point in the late 80s. Yeah. I think there were talks of like them starting to be like, hey, let's bring him in because he's having a hard time. Yeah. He'll be closer to us. We could take care of him more. Um, and he was staying with Robin when he died. So, um,
1: like, yeah. You know- you could almost similar to like the Jacksons, right? Like Michael Jackson was Jackson five. And then it became the Jackson because of your family. Yeah. So, okay. I have homework for you. Okay. Um, there is a, um, Bruce Springsteen has a new album out and, uh, he wrote a song called last man standing. Okay. And what led to this is his first band was the Castiles, And, um, last year, he was at the bedside of his old bandmate, and um, he, the bandmate, passed away. And Bruce realized he was the last surviving member of that band. Okay. And so he wrote a song, "Last Man Standing." Think you might like it, and if you think of it about Barry, I think it may. Um, you may view this in a in a way that i think uh i have talked to other musicians and they've said that the album really speaks to them because it is the love of a band and such nice. um
0: then can i yeah, sure equally <laughs> flip that on you yeah i want you to look into barry's individual solo album from 2012 okay. no okay. 2016 okay um barry gibbs in the now okay um This, I think you would actually dig a lot of songs off this album. Um, The song, the Home Truth song is one of my favorites. Um, In the Now and Grand Illusion are really good as well. But there is one song on here called The End of the Rainbow. Ah. And um, it's a very similar to Last Man Standing Mm. in... um, like the whole, you know, everybody I know is dying sort of way. Mm. I believe Barry, when he visited Robin on his deathbed, mm-hmm. uh, sang End of the Rainbow to him um, mm. because he was writing it at the time. So that's a very emotional uh, song about um, the same same sort of thing. So.
1: Oh, I, I will look forward to that. You know, um, for a while there, uh, David, um, I was trying to get, you know, I was trying to promote the podcast, and so I reached out to other podcasters. Yeah. And, um, I said, Hey, um, would you want to be on the podcast? And they're like, Well, I don't know any Bruce Springsteen. I'm like, Well, <laughs> um, what if I give you 10 Bruce Springsteen songs that are not born to run, not dancing in the dark, <laughs> you know? Uh, in yeah. fact, um, I, um, the in fact i'll put a pin on that you know i will I'll finish that statement then i'll bring it up and so i came up with 10 songs and i gave it to them in advance and i said okay um i called them springsteen newbie episodes and then they came on and we played the songs a little clip of the song and they talked about it whether they liked it or not um and, and it made a pretty fun episode um Four or five months ago, I had a guy on who used to be a big U2 fan, broke up with him and became, really loved Gang of Youth, another band from Australia. And he did the same thing. He gave me 10 Gang of Youth songs. And I listened to them. and then he came on and we talked about them. So if you think about it, if you'd wanna give me 10 less than known uh, BG songs, we could maybe do that in the future. Uh, I I'll,
0: I have already started while you were telling that story, <laughs> compiling the ten in my head. Yeah,
1: okay. So uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, so um, the, the, yeah. The, this 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 comes into play. Like when I discovered the Bee Gees in the '90s, yeah, I was a, a, a you know a teenager in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, a, a you know a, a male teenager in yeah. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in the '90s. Nobody I knew <laughs> listened to the Bee Gees. I was such an outcast and all of my first 10, 15 years of loving the Bee Gees was trying to convince my friends to listen to their music uh, and, and force them and make tapes for them and, and, and things like that. So part of my early quest was to, you know, try to try to spread the word of the Bee Gees. So if you want me to make a playlist of 10 songs. I would
1: love that episode. I would love to do that because here is the, what I, I thought in mid-thought, um, I just recently, um, my first response when anyone says, you know, I'm not really a big fan of Bruce Springsteen's music, my first thought, and I've, I've learned to keep it to myself, but my first thought is, okay, what Bruce Springsteen songs have you listened to? have you only heard the stuff from born in the usa have you only heard my hometown dancing in the dark glory days maybe born in the usa have you heard anything that wouldn't be on you know classic rock and uh and like okay look i can give you songs like his uh his album before last uh western stars was very much in the mode of Glenn Campbell and Jimmy Webb. It's it's this beautiful collection. Um, you know, I can give you songs that are sound nothing like Born to Run, and then I learn, okay, you're it is not your job to be a prophet and convert everyone to the <laughs> media. Right? Yes, you, you want to be one. right? I definitely
0: would go door to door knocking and saying, so, Have you heard the songs uh, and the stories yeah, of yeah, the Bee Gees? I, like, so b-
1: is that your first thought when someone says, Oh, I did right? Like, oh, 100%. that's because you're thinking of just Saturday Night Fever, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, because they're pigeonholed and and uh, they have that 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 already preconceived notion of what they sound like. But I my favorite songs are from the 90s, th- from the 80s, uh, the early 2000s uh, uh, album was was incredible as well. They have you mentioned like Andy has his you know solo albums you know you don't see the Bee Gees doing solo albums guess what they did robin had nine solo albums you on are his kidding own. wow no barry had four mm-hmm. now gonna be five uh morris had two that uh one became a soundtrack and one was never published and it was like released with bootlegs so yeah like they had 22 studio albums they had uh about you know 15 to 20 solo albums then they had all the work that they did with other people they did a full album with two full albums with barbara streisand full album with kenny rogers full album with diana ross full album with deon warwick like if like that's six just in the matter of three years right full albums that they did with huge celebrities that um that were enormous so it's like I think if you, I I counted up because I did another podcast where um, I took from 1967, whenever their first album came out to the year 2000 and whatever it is now, I think there were over 50, I think there were 53 studio albums. Wow. Like there were some years, there were some years they wrote three albums in one year. Like that's disgusting. And yeah, you telling me, like, like
1: <laughs> Bruce has had 19. Okay. Which is, you go, wow, that's a lot of albums. But you go, wow, when you talk about, right, you know, that yeah. many albums is crazy.
0: Yeah. So, and, and of course, not all of them are going to be Siren Night Fever. Not all right. of them are going to be huge, great songs. Uh, are there some albums that I listen to maybe, you know, once uh, every five years? Sure. Yeah. But some of their, some of their, like, I'll, I'll find you a good 10. Uh, we could easily, That'd be uh, fun. I, uh, yeah, I That'd could be easily a lot put of fun. together.
1: That'd so. be great. Um, so a couple of questions and you may want to think on this. Um, okay. I just celebrated my fifth year anniversary of doing this podcast and congratulations. One of, thank you. And, and one of the episodes we did for fun is I also do a doctor who podcast. And uh don't know how familiar you are with Doctor Who, but the premise is that a um a time lord um in a uh has a time machine that can go anywhere in space and time and it looks like a police box. And it's called the Time it's,
0: and it's bigger on the inside. Yes, right.
1: it is. Um so Charles, who is my partner, he and I did an episode where we picked the five shows five rock concerts we would go to if we could go anywhere in the TARDIS and for fun we said um we're only going to pick one. like like he says okay you're going to pick after you pick five Springsteen shows Jesse what else I'm like no 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 I'm in in fact I did not pick a Springsteen show just the show right the reality Mm. is if I had a TARDIS I would go to every Springsteen show ever made right
0: (laughs) yeah why stop
1: Off the cuff, do you have a show you would go, or an era you would want to go see?
0: I'd want to see their Spirits Having Flown tour, uh, the Los Angeles Forum, I think it's called. Um, It's the huge one. It was filmed for their TV special. It looks insane. It's never been released to to watch, which is frustrating because – because it was at their height. There's a new documentary coming up on HBO, and it seems like they're going to show some of that oh, on good. there. So so hopefully they'll release that at some point. But I would love to be there because that was at their peak of Beatlesque. You know, girls are screaming and passing yeah. out and pissing themselves and all that. So I've been awesome. I'd, I'd, I'd want to see that. I'd want to see, there was a rare show. Well, okay, so I'll save that one as my wildcard one. Uh, I would want to see um, the last ever concert that they did um, in 2001 to ring in the new year. Actually, it might have been 2001 into 2002. Uh, It was the Wango Tango concert. Um, So just to be there for the very last concert... Um, because they sang all the hits obviously, but they sang the new songs off their new album at the time. And, um, I love, I love their new stuff more than anything. You could hear, you know, 20 million different versions of you should be dancing. Uh, but I want to hear some of those rare ones that I I never heard. Um, so the wild card, the one that I was talking about, it would be, um, there was, there was a tour in the seventies where Robin, um, quit the band and they got their sister, leslie to sit in for robin oh how cool i think maybe two or three shows so i would want to be and hear those shows no recordings that i've ever known are you know out there definitely nothing on youtube or anything uh so i don't know if they ever recorded that but um yeah not too many people know that you know the bgs have an older sister and um she's saying Yeah, she sat in and sang for for two shows. So I would want to see one of them. That's three. Um, I'd want to see um like the early nineties era. So ninety-one, I think they had a uh high civilization or a um or a a one for all tour. Uh so I'd go see one of those. They 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 toured and they had a backing band and backing vocals, like female backing vocals with them. Uh, cause Barry at the time was having a lot of back trouble mm-hmm. and I don't think he was too confident of his, um, uh, his high notes and, and stuff. So they, they had some help there. But, uh, because of that, it was, it sounded different than any of the, um, any of the live BGS ones sure. from just the regular band. Uh, I have some bootleg versions of those, so that would be cool to hear live. Yeah. Um, yeah so so if that's if you know if that's one from the disco era one from the early 70s era one from the 90s era one from the 2000s era um i guess i'd have to pick um one from one from the 80s era so um they didn't tour much in the 80s so i'd have to yeah i'd have to look but off the top of my head that's
1: interesting that's cool
0: I'd want to, I, yeah, I, I'd want to hit their their peaks of their different eras. They had five different decades they did music in, so uh, I would hit That'd five cool. different.
1: David, what have I not asked you that I should have asked you?
0: Well, I um, I, I looked into Bruce Springsteen's what was the song called Thunder Road?
1: Yes, that's. I'm going to get to the Mary question, but okay, uh, BG ish. Right. Is there anything? BG ask. Yes um i, think I noticed you a have ton. a little bit of <laughs> of collectors you have a little bit of a paraphernalia
0: so yeah. so yeah i collect um i collect um as much merchandise as i can uh, i have all their albums on different forms of formats you know yeah excuse me um records tapes um reel to reels um a tracks there's only a couple eight tracks anyway but whatever um and and all all their stuff from when like the record players and the the puzzles and the merchandise that yes. went when they were at their peak yeah. i was i was a collector before i was a PG's fan you know i grew up reading the comic books and the the, the training cards and things like yeah. that so to me to be a fan you need to own stuff to prove that right. you're a fan so i think this is my way of saying hey look I'm a huge
1: fan. So um, what does your lovely bride say about your passion slash obsession?
0: <laughs> um, she she is very forgiving and very understanding. And yes. uh, she's, she, as long as I keep it in here in my office, I'm fine. I'm not allowed to. And, and, and she, she has you know her decorations that she likes. Yeah. And she likes hummingbirds. And I'm like, well, honey, how come you get to put <laughs> hummingbird things in the dining room and I can't put spirits having flown on the mantle and she and she just gives me you know no like obviously i'm messing around but still right, yeah
1: so i but have no. a i have a hallway um i was lucky enough um when bruce put out his autobiography um he everyone has said that he was a model author um he he said he would do any press that he wanted and so he did book appearances now he did not sign the books in front of you um mm-hmm. they shipped where he was playing over he was playing in europe at the time and so they shipped him the title page and he just said there bruce they bruce freesley bruce they shipped it back and then they printed the books oh, wow. so um so for um, like 25 bucks, you got a ticket and the ticket got you to stand in line. You got your three seconds with Bruce. They took a photo of you with him, with your camera, and then you got to sign the copy of the book. Um, so I went down to Austin, Texas. It's a long story and I won't bore, (laughs) um, my listeners with it again, but, um, I, um, what do you say if you're going to meet one of your idols? Right. And so, um, the uh, I, I I have told this story multiple times, but all the way down, I'm going. Um, I don't know if you remember the movie The Godfather, but um, you know, Luca Broxa is outside waiting to see Don Corleone And on the on the occasion of your daughter's wedding, may they have a masculine child. And you know, he's over and over again in his speech. That was me in the car. What am I going to say? Like, oh, no, no. Uh, and uh, so we ended up getting uh, two pictures. Um, And so I took a picture of the title page of him signing it printed it. And so kind of have a thread, the two pictures of me and Bruce in that. So I have a hallway of kind of different Bruce things. And every once in a while, um, Linda will say, you know, we really need to change that. And I go to the living room. I go, we have a bourbon barrel. We have a shelf on the wall of bourbon. We have a box over here. We have a shelf over here with bourbon. We have two <laughs> lantern posters. We have a poster. We have bourbon everywhere around here well, you like bourbon too? Yes, I'm just saying there's bourbon everywhere <laughs> and I just got Bruce in the one hall. So yeah. so yes, I'm right there with you. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, I would not even begin to even try to think of what I would say to Barry Gibb if I ever had the honor of meeting him. What did you say to Bruce? Did, did you, you didn't quote Godfather to him, did you?
1: No, I didn't. Uh, what <laughs> I did is um, I had, um, a, a lot you, of people said, you got to tell him about the podcast. You got to tell them about the podcast. And I said, no, no, I, I'm not going to tell them the podcast. Though I did wear my set lusting Bruce t-shirt <laughs> have my picture taken with me. Um, I said, um, last year I, I spent nine months unemployed and I listened to better days and land of hope and dreams every day. And it's what got me through it. Thank you. And, awesome. um, by the time I got to nine months, next, you know, the, the, <laughs> his handler's saying next. So I have said this more times than I got there, uh, David, I needed to say it more than I needed him to hear it. Right. Yeah. And so I did, I got the picture of it. And uh, you know, I, people ask um, if you could have Bruce on your podcast, what would you do? And I said, I would absolutely, I, I would spend all the time talking about the music he loves. I would I, I said I would try not to ask him one question about his music. I would do exactly like I'm doing with you. Talk to me about, you know, you know, you yeah. love Benny King, you love the drifters, you love, you know, Otis Redding, you love the Beatles, you love Sam and Dave. Let's talk about the music you that influenced you and helped you grow.
0: Um Yeah, because you kinda you, you wanna become you know, uh you don't wanna Bore him telling stories about himself. Yeah. You want you want to hang out with him. You want to be yeah. friends with him. You want to be like connect with him on a level that's like, oh yeah, we're pals. Oh yeah, me, yeah. me and well, Bruce. Oh yeah, we. Hang yeah,
1: because there was um there is a local sports um guy here, uh, Norm Hitzkiss is his name, and he said that if you talk to Nolan Ryan, the famous baseball pitcher, and you talk to him about his seven no hitters, he will be bored. If you ask him about the two home runs he's hit, he will talk your ear off. <laughs> so yeah. I, f- I figure, right in that spirit, right? Like, like if you talk to Barry about, you know, Saturday Night Fever, right. you're gonna, you know, like he'll have some stories. But if you talk to him about, you know, um, you know, in the now, and explain that end of rainbow. I was going through a tough time and this song helped me that will make him light up. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I definitely,
0: I definitely, I definitely feel that. Um, The other thing I wanted to mention, I don't know how much time we have
1: left. No, we're good. Um, So
0: um, well, i'll save it for the end i could plug myself at the end yes i I do want to hear that
1: okay good um okay so for those of you who may not have heard the podcast before uh because you uh either found david or you're a bg fan thank you for listening uh but um the um i ask, i end the podcast every way with this uh so um I um and why am I drawing a blank now on his name? Uh, so I'll have to insert this now. Um, Bruce
0: Springsteen.
1: No, yeah. Um, <laughs> so God bless it. Why can I? Do you ever get that where you're oh, sitting yeah. there going, "Oh, why can I not think of the name?" Uh, so do 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 do. Uh, why can I not remember his name? Oh, damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Oh, shit. Now, see, I'm going to have to edit mine out. So, um, and damn it. Oh, crap. Anyway, I will look this up. Um, uh, He is an honors English teacher in the Philadelphia area. And every year, his seniors... um, They take Thunder Road, the song from Bruce Springsteen, and they break it down as a poem. They go through all the lyrics. They talk of the imagery of the song. Uh, They compare it to Robert Frost, The Road Not Taken. And at the end of the song, at the end of the two days, they ask, does Mary get in the car? So your homework was to listen to the song, read the lyrics. And then, by the way, there is no right or wrong answer. But your answer is, does Mary get in the car?
0: Yeah, I think she does. Okay. You want to explain <laughs> no, your no, work?
1: No, okay. <laughs> well,
0: so I wasn't I wasn't as familiar with Thunder Road as I thought I was. Okay. And uh, I kept waiting for it to break out into Born to Run because yes. they're very similar songs.
1: Yes, they're almost from the identical. same album. Yes.
0: Um. So. Um, I listened to it and then I listened to it with the lyrics. And then I reached out to a friend who is a Bruce Springsteen fan and, and she helped me out with a little bit of stuff who also, uh, gave me the fun fact of that Mary's name was not originally Mary, that it was Angelina. Yes, it was. So I think part of me thinks Angelina got into the
1: car. I think that's a very fair answer. Yes. Um, but, um,
0: so the, the things that popped out to me about this song specifically, um, one, I kept waiting for it to break out into Born to Run. Two, the part where he says, "I learned how to make a guitar talk," and it's all, and then he goes like, no, 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 no. "That's really lame." Um, number three, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, that's okay. Now, We're that's, in a safe
1: zone here. We're in a safe zone. I was going to say I,
0: I'll i bring some hot take opinions if we yes, need to. No,
1: no, that's fine. Um, I love it.
0: That that part caught me off guard because I didn't expect. Because um, that, yeah almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. Okay. Um, the other part, which is what made me think of whether or not she got in the car was the lyric, you ain't no beauty, but Hey, you're all right. Um, so one, do I think she should have gotten into the car? No, I think that whoever was driving was not good enough for her. Um. Two, the fact that she was no beauty meant she probably didn't have too many options, so she might as well get in the car
1: (laughs) Okay. Very interesting. Very nice.
0: So it's like, yeah, of course she's going to get in the car. She's excited that a boy is showing her attention. (laughs) So she's going to get in the car because she doesn't have a lot of suitors. Now, Angelina. Yes. She is probably prettier than mary okay which is probably why she probably why he changed the name to mary
1: okay because
0: you think angelina you uh-huh. ain't no beauty but you ain't no beauty but hey you're all right no angelina's a goddess uh,
1: she, she dances like
0: she dances on that porch and she doesn't get in 95 percent of those cars i like it mary hops into as many cars as she can because that's what mary's got
1: very nice. I love it. Very nice. All right. Um, if someone wants to reach you, tell yes. us how.
0: So um, one of the things I'm doing with uh, the Bee Gees thing, uh, and and I mentioned that part of my uh, my quest is to extend and and somehow expand the Bee Gees universe. Um, I've been focusing and, and going through my life as a Bee Gees fan and starting to write down my own uh, experiences as an atypical Bee Gees fan growing up 20 years later, uh, after their peak and experiencing the, the world and learning of the Bee Gees through that. Um, so I started this memoir, uh, uh, an idea of these, uh, collection of short stories of things that happen to me that happen to center around the Bee Gees because I'm a weird Bee Gees obsessed psycho. So it's called Bee Gees and Me. And um, hopefully I'll have it done and ready for next year. But in the meantime, I have social media accounts set up, website accounts set up, and, and I'm sharing different things like uh, some fun photoshops where I photoshop myself into famous pictures of the BGS. Gees. Um, I open up um, some of my collection here. I have um, unboxed versions of their sing-along strobe phonograph so if if you go to my youtube channel you could see me open this up take it out of the box for the first time in 40 years and you know a future episode i'm gonna throw a um a vinyl record on here to see if it still plays Um,
1: very nice
0: things like that so we're gonna like um the 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 album that got me loving the Bee Gees is Sizes and Everything. This is the record that I had since 1993. Of course, I had to go around and buy all the versions of it from around the world. So here is a German pressing. Here's a Japan pressing. Here's a Russian pressing. Here's yes. a West, East Ger- yeah, West Germany pressing. Um, there is the cassettes still sealed with the hype sticker on here. This is a a bootleg from India with a clamshell. This is (laughs) another bootleg from Uruguay that I bought. This is, I've never seen a cover like this from Poland. Uh, So part of... This Bee Gees and Me thing is, I want to share some of these treasures that I've collected in my Bee Gees museum here. And um, I want to connect with other fans who have these things and who can appreciate these things because, you know, the, the the farther we get away from disco, the farther we get away from all this. Um, the harder it's going to be to celebrate this music. So I, I kind of want to do my part of uniting some people and bring them together. Let's all share our love for the Bee Gees and it's Bee Gees and me. It's Bee Gees and you. It's, you know, BG. Ge- oh, I forgot. I got this one from Belgium uh, just last week. So I nice. A different thing. So um, yeah. yeah. So, so that's part of what I'm documenting through the website, uh, bg 's and, all on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I have a Facebook group. You could join. Um,
1: so and, we, we have a lot of fun. Uh, your Twitter handle? Bee Gees and me. Okay.
0: So at Bee Gees and me on Twitter, at Bee Gees and me on Instagram. Um, the Facebook group is called Bee Gees and me. Uh, Bee- I'll have a book G E E S and me. Okay. A
1: N D M E spelled out. Yep. Okay. No, now,
0: looking back, I should have put a second E on all of these uh, accounts, like Bee Gees and Me, B-E-E-G-E-E-M-E-E. E- yeah, e- e- yes.
1: <laughs> all right. Yeah. Great. That sounds awesome. Uh, so there's a Springsteen and I documentary where uh, they, um, the filmmaker asked fans and they have fans filming their stories about what Bruce meant to them, experiences they had with Bruce, and uh, he put it all together and made a documentary.
0: Is it called BG, uh, "Is it called uh, Springsteen and I"? Uh,
1: yes. No shit. Oh, yes. Oh, sorry. No, that's I know it's great. Um, um, and that's yeah. I had not heard of that. Yeah. So it's 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 worth watching. Um, it's, it's a little slow at the beginning and there's a couple you're going to go like my wife went with me and she's like, okay, I don't know if I can stick with this, Jesse, cause a couple of these people are lame. Uh, <laughs> but then it becomes very powerful. My favorite story, and I will cut this off, but, um, there is this wife talking to a husband and she's like, um, when you think of Springsteen, what do you think? He goes, we travel all over Europe. We go to beautiful cities with great architecture, museums filled with art, wonderful food. And we spend it all going to a concert to see him perform.
0: That's awesome.
1: (laughs) And then then she's like, so if you could tell Bruce one thing, what would you tell him? Make it shorter. Some (laughs) of us in the audience are not that big of fans. (laughs) Make it shorter for us. So, um, um,
0: well, and that's part of, that's the step two of what I want to do. Like I want to get this book out and then I do want to do a Bee Gees and you uh, or, you know, Bee Gees and me too. Uh, and, and, and collect because, you know, I want to, I want to connect with as many people and then have them help tell their stories, uh, and eventually have a podcast, um, where it'll be just like you're doing with Springsteen, but me with connecting with other Bee Gees fans, other fans. And I definitely would love to have you on to talk about, Bruce we um, would
1: uh, so um the kicker is when linda and i went to see this film you know um like how fandango will have you know events and there's extra at the end so after the concert um you know after the film's over they show a few songs of bruce performing then cool. they show um him being interviewed and bruce says yeah he says um I'm at a pub and it's before a show and I look and I go, Hey, that's that guy who doesn't like me because Bruce had seen a rough cut of the movie. Oh, Oh, go get him, go get him. So they bring him in. And so of course the guy's like, Bruce, I'm like, no, I love this. (laughs) Um, And so um, they show after the concert, they're backstage. And Bruce, the first thing he says, I'm sorry. I tried, but the crowd was really into it, <laughs> and the guy is just mortified, right? Like, he's like, there's no way Bruce Springsteen should have heard this, you know, and Bruce just loves it. Bruce just thinks this is the funniest thing, and you know, and he's just like it, so that was that was a great moment, so uh, awesome. yeah, yeah, that'll be wonderful. I, I think this would be fun, and uh, I really do. I, I would love to, if you come up with 10 songs, I think this would be a great thing, Yeah, and man, I-, I can send you 10 Springsteen songs, and we can switch back and
0: forth do you have uh, do you have a spotify account
1: i do yeah
0: okay yeah so i, I do. can i could either just make a playlist in there and send you yeah. the link or yeah. whatever is
1: uh, easiest for you yeah because
0: yeah. there's probably some that i'd love to have you here but they, they're not on spotify which drives yeah. me crazy and that's another yeah. thing like you said bruce he like released the slow version of born in the usa uh, like barry is very protective of oh other alternate takes and mm-hmm. other things and like stuff that wasn't officially released. It's so hard to get copies of that. And it drives fans like me crazy. Yeah.
1: Well, what happened a few, several years ago is, um, Bruce released tracks and it was four CDs of unreleased material. Oh, God. And it's awesome. all unreleased material, you know, um, and it kind of talked about this was during darkness in the edge of town during this was during born in the usa and so it has all this and there's no there's no really themes there's just it's just unreleased and um he was talking about that he's working on tracks too so he's going to do another thing and so exactly i mean you know of course the rumor is and he flat said that he finished an album like eight nine years ago and didn't like it and just has never released it he says i may release it one day but right now i just don't feel like it and you're like no no release it release so
0: that's that's crazy and and like around the same time that barry's in the now came out uh robin had a solo album come out and it was all the stuff that he was working on up until he passed away and it was at the same time that Barry was recording this. So as a Bee Gees purist, as a Bee Gees who loves the Bee Gees as yeah. brothers and together, like in my in my mind, I'm like, they were writing songs together. Or they were writing songs yeah. at the same time. Like Robin was writing one song and he was like, oh no, I want Barry to come in and finish this and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then he never did. And it's like, oh. part of me is like, what could have been if they would actually just been able to um, to. to yeah to work together but once once Morris Morris was glued, to held them together because Barry would sing his leads Robin would sing his leads there yeah. would be a little bit of animosity especially in the early days in the 70s there was yeah like who's the lead BG right um, but then the later days it's like you know um like I don't I don't know, I don't
1: know. yeah it's, and I and I can think this this would it be sad with that that huge hole um you know because clarence was um danny was the organist player in the e street band and when he passed away um they they brought in another organist but when clarence passed away you know the big man the iconic um the the next time they toured they had four horn players They, they did not even try to just have now later um during that, on that tour, uh, Jake Clemens, who is, um, Clarence Clemens' nephew, uh, was one of the four and he stepped up. And then the next time Bruce toured, they just had Jake doing, um, you know, uh, Clarence's part, but like, how do you, how do you, you know, like more, you know, without Maurice, like there's this huge hole, like, you know, and I'm sure it hurt, you know, as, as close as they were. So. Yeah. All right. I have kept you way too long. I am so <laughs> sorry. All right. Let so, me, uh, I'm going to close officially now. So, uh-huh. and then I'll edit all this together. David, thank you so much for joining me. I, I, I have had a blast. I hope you've had fun. It uh, was
0: amazing. It was awesome because I, as somebody who's passionate about a band, I know as you are passionate about Bruce, uh, had, Two people speaking like-minded like this is always up my alley. I had an amazing time.
1: Yeah, I just, I love, um, I love when I do a B-side episode, but I especially love it when someone is passionate as you um, and, and I love your stories. I can't wait to hear the, uh, the playlist you get for me. Um, I can't wait to hear Barry's new album, the country album, and we're going to have you back on. And you know what? Anytime you just feel like talking, just say, Hey Jesse, I, I, I got, I thought of a couple other stories I need to tell you.
0: I um, absolutely can remember and think of one right now about and, Bruce Springsteen on Saturday night live uh, that I forgot to mention. So we're going to oh, save please, that for a future. episode. You
1: save that for now yeah. okay all right well yeah. that's a tease that's a tease. Um, uh listeners you please stay safe remember to wash your hands social distance wear an F and mask be good to each other uh the only way we're going to get through this is by helping each other and for now be good and we'll talk to you soon goodbye doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation and i hate that So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlustingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts, as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Brew shirts as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash and right now, who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talk hard-rocking, music-loving, album-ranking, fan-thinking, joy-spreading, lyric-reading, story-sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listing Bruce. Set Listing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission.